It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. We are told that climate calamity could be coming. Devastating droughts, destructive deluges, unprecedented firestorms, collapsed crops, wildlife and fisheries collapse, the Gulf Stream is shutting down, polar regions are imploding, all soon to be followed by collapsing societies. But in fact, biosphere collapse has already beat the controllers to the proverbial intersection. They are now more desperate and more dangerous than ever before. Consider the following quote from a former U.S. Defense Secretary. Here it is. Others are engaging in an ecotype of terrorism whereby they can alter the climate, set off earthquakes, trigger volcanoes remotely through the use of electromagnetic waves. So there are plenty of ingenious minds out there that are at work finding ways in which they can wreak terror upon other nations. It's real, and that's the reason why we have to intensify our efforts in quote, aka weather warfare. That final statement again. That's the reason why we have to intensify our efforts. That statement was made by U.S. Defense Secretary William Cohen at a DOD news briefing in 1997. Yet we're still told, and many choose to believe, that climate intervention operations aren't real. We're told others are doing it, so we have to. Is that excuse valid in any sense when it's coming from the very nation that most pioneered weather tectonic and geologic warfare from the nation that has been engaged in it for by far the longest from the nation that is neck deep in it on a scale that is far larger than all other participants combined. This is a mathematical fact due to the sheer size of the U.S. military machine and the depth of depravity embodied in those who wield this weapon of mass destruction, ultimately those who print the money. And they do this under the guise of spreading freedom and democracy. Am I advocating for other governments? No. I'm justly criticizing my own. The time is now long overdue for U.S. military brothers and sisters to take an honest assessment of what they are facilitating. Empire. Not freedom and democracy. Moving on to the bottom line of biosphere collapse. How are the lungs of the planet doing? Short answer, not good. The Amazon is drying and dying by the day, while places like Ireland are drowning. More flash flooding on the U.S. East Coast, while the western U.S. yet again bakes and burns, even in late October, with temperatures up to 105 degrees. In fact, in my northern California off-grid forest home on the east side of Lake Shasta, this week, late this week, it was 80 degrees at about 10 at night. That is radically wrong. So often now, the sun goes down, but the temperatures don't. And that is a very, very ominous harbinger of what's to come. And the biggest source of atmospheric oxygen of all, plankton, also crashing. 90% decline in the Atlantic. Other oceans not far behind. From NewRepublic.com, this. Endless war on a dying planet. Subtitle, The Dual Tragedies of War and Ecological Collapse. How insane is it to use Earth's last remaining resources to build more weapons of war? About the endless wars and about the endless climate engineering onslaught, remember this principle, qui bono, 
Here's the dictionary definition. A principle that probable responsibility for an act or event lies with one having something to gain. With that in mind, from firstpost.com, profiting off the war, how defense stocks are rocketing amid Israel-Hamas conflict. From that report, no one wins in a war, but maybe military contractors do. As the Israel-Hamas conflict rages on, the stocks of defense companies, including Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, and others, have seen a significant jump. However, some experts observe that these spikes can stall and are certainly not sustainable. Nothing about military-industrial society is sustainable, and we're about to find that out the hard way. But this FirstPost.com report then says, amid the grief and the anguish and the fury, there seems to be a sector that is smiling, i.e. the defense industry. Their smiles are because the war is benefiting them. Again, this question, how long can any so-called civilization last when their measure of profit is based on weapons of mass destruction? Here's another, even more primary qui bono objective in so many conflicts, to secure more land. Do any current examples come to mind? The military-industrial complex and the criminally insane who control it exist for conflict without which their entire paradigm would collapse. The military-industrial complex cancer has always fomented conflicts in very covert ways, has always polarized populations with carefully crafted propaganda. The path that this paradigm leads to is a dead planet, and we will all go down with the ship, them, us, and the entire web of life. Again, even the entire Amazon basin, including the Amazon River, is drying up and dying. Drinking water is now being delivered to some regions of the Amazon. Think about that. A lack of drinking water in the Amazon. More later in this broadcast. From the Guardian newspaper, IMF should give poor countries $300 billion a year to fight the climate crisis, aka climate collapse. And for those that still refuse to face reality, no amount of money printing can save anyone from a dying planet with climate engineering raging in our skies. The military-industrial complex isn't putting on the brakes. Those who control it are pedal to the metal, full speed ahead until total collapse. On that theme, here's a past report that is more relevant now than ever before. How one nuclear skirmish could wreck the planet. That's from Wired.com. The report says even a small nuclear exchange could ignite mega firestorms and wreck the planet's atmosphere. New climatological simulations show 100 Hiroshima-sized nuclear bombs, relatively small warheads, compared to the arsenals military superpowers store today, detonated by neighboring countries, would destroy more than a quarter of the Earth's ozone layer in approximately two years. Now here's the bad news. This report is already 12 years old. The ongoing and accelerating collapse of the ozone layer is catastrophic today. And that's primarily due to climate engineering operations, leaving with an existing average of only 20 to 30% of what the ozone layer should be. That's now. So let's do the math. With the ozone layer already diminished to an average of 25% of what it should be, and there's even a small nuclear exchange, no more ozone layer, no more terrestrial life. Simple. The long-term scheduled weather scripts from NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, and NWS, National Weather Service, are absolutely all over the board. 
14-day so-called forecasts that are constantly, completely altered from one day to the next and then back again. From Climate Action Australia, 10 reasons our civilization will soon collapse. A deep dive into the problems world leaders have let spiral out of control. First, let's stop there. We don't have any benevolent world leaders. We have varying degrees of matrix-serving criminals. And about the report on 10 reasons for collapse, one, overshoot, the crossroad of which we hit about 50 years ago. It would take five planet Earths to sustain the current rates of extraction and consumption. Two, the end of cheap carbon fuel. Again, this equation in the year 1900, one barrel of carbon fuel would provide enough energy to extract a hundred more from the ground. Now the equation is one for five and diminishing rapidly. And for other sources of energy like tar sands, they're actually an energy net negative. It's simply an energy conversion at a net loss. It takes about 1.4 units of energy to end up with one unit of the desired form of carbon fuel. That can't continue for much longer. Three, the failure of so-called green energy, which includes peak metals used in some of these products, and there is no green energy. It's simply a carbon fuel extender. Is it better than the outright burning of carbon fuels? Yes. Will it save us from ourselves? No. Four, dwindling resources overall. There's too many categories there to list. Five, topsoil erosion. That's happening to a degree that few can imagine. We have the protracted drought followed by firestorms, followed by floods, winds blowing soil everywhere. Uh, this is a, a, a very, 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 very dark trajectory. We are on water shortages. It can't rain less on a rapidly warming planet unless there's a factor we're not being told about. That factor is climate engineering that's completely thwarting the hydrological cycle. But even where it does deluge, the rain is toxic. It's not helping forests. They're dying faster than ever. I know because I live in the middle of one. Seven, climate change, a.k.a. climate collapse, further fueled by climate intervention operations, which we are told aren't really happening, though we can see it with our own eyes. Eight, biodiversity loss. We're already neck deep in that equation in the sixth mass extinction. What's worse, what's happening now is happening exponentially faster than any previous event. And that makes it exponentially worse. Nine, migrant crisis, a.k.a. ecological collapse refugee crisis. Ten, increasing conflict around the world. Covered some of that already. And it's all related, ultimately, to biosphere collapse. Conclusion, for decades it's been obvious that our global industrial civilization has an expiration date, but... Only recently have many scientists come to realize that the expiration date could be during their own lifetimes. Indeed, mathematically, statistically, we won't make the end of this decade on the current trajectory. 50 years ago, humans overshot the carrying capacity of the planet. Since then, we have been exploiting Earth's resources faster and faster, stealing from future generations. Civilization, in its current form, would never have existed without carbon fuels, but we're rapidly running out of them, and it appears that green energy won't be able to replace them. That's very clear. There's not enough metals in the ground for many of these technologies on top of the fact that they use extensive amounts of carbon-based fuels to produce them. How much oil does it take in the form of energy to 
build a 90-story high wind turbine to transport the materials to erect it. None of this even considered in the equation. The public is unaware of all the factors involved. Even if we had unlimited clean energy, we would still run out of crucial resources like rubber, sand, groundwater, and the ingredients for fertilizer, as the world's topsoil had already stated, erodes. It will get harder and harder to grow enough food for everybody, and that's now, today. Eventually, we might not be able to grow food at all. Water shortages are already becoming a major problem, and this is just the beginning. Climate change is drying up the rivers, climate engineering most core to that equation. The Climate Action Australia article then continues with this, burning down the forests and causing disasters the likes of which we've never seen. Meanwhile, life of all types, from tiny plants to giant mammals, are going extinct even faster than they did during the previous mass extinction events. Covered that already, and it's not just a little faster, it's hundreds of times faster. In fact, 15,000 times the background rate today. As the web of life falls apart, human societies will become impossible to maintain. That's already happening now. All this chaos will lead to the worst migration crisis in the history of the world. The Climate Action Australia report then says the political tension and fights over resources could very well lead to nuclear annihilation. Already covered part of that. But things are so bad that even without nuclear war, the report says, we could still see human extinction by the end of this century. That's where this report is so radically wrong. If the human race remains on the current course, it's a mathematical certainty that we won't make the end of this decade. And that's even without nuclear annihilation. Can't continue to do what we're doing and expect to live long. And here's the part of the equation that most still don't understand. It is as non-linear as it could possibly be. An exponential equation of self-annihilation. That is the road we're on. You're listening to the weekly installment of the commercial-free, non-political, global alert news report, The End of the World as We Know It, broadcast brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of global climate engineering operations, a.k.a. weather warfare. Reaching a critical mass of awareness is the only way forward in this fight. And how do we accomplish that? By starting a conversation on climate engineering that leads people to a credible source of data, and Geoengineering Watch will strive to be that source of data if we could reach that critical mass of awareness, so many wheels in this battle would turn on their own as people in every arena realize that they are indeed fighting for their own lives. That could change the equation. From Euronews.com, methane levels are rising. Could it be nature's response to warming? Question mark. Could it be? That's exactly what happens when you warm and thaw formerly frozen methane, hydrate, and clathate deposits they release migrate into the atmosphere and begin to cover the planet like a layer of glass. And yes, that's absolutely happening. In fact, methane levels at altitude of 20,000 plus feet in some cases have been measured at almost six times as high as they've been for several million years. That is an inconceivable threat. From LifeScience.com, Gulfstream weakening, now 90% certain, and ramifications will be global. That's an understatement. That's the planet's air conditioning conveyor, and it is indeed shutting down. Many reasons for that. All of them related to countless forms of human activity. Does the Earth go through cyclical patterns? Yes, of course. Would it have been going through one now without humans on the planet? Yes, but it would not have ended in this place with these factors. And to claim that anything that's happening with earth changes right now 
is somehow a natural cyclical pattern. Again, we're back to the argument I've made so many times. That is comparable to running someone over in a crosswalk, shooting them, beating them, stabbing them, burning them, and claiming they died of natural causes. Couldn't make that argument in court, could you? A reminder of this recent life science report already covered in this broadcast to back up the report I just mentioned. Gulfstream current could collapse in 2025, plunging Earth into climate chaos. And the report says we're actually bewildered. The Antarctic sea ice levels have hit a record low, sparking concerns about a significant shift in climate patterns that could have a profound impact on global weather systems and the balance of ecosystems. There's no could, there's no may, there's no might. It's a definite, it's a given, it's happening already. And when they say we are actually bewildered, because they're paid to be bewildered. How could geoengineeringwatch.org know and desperately try to sound the alarm for 15 years and these people just show up to the party now? The so-called experts, the professionals that we're supposed to listen to blindly, without questioning, and they know nothing, again and again and again. I don't have the words for this anymore. From bnnnetwork.com, Antarctic sea ice reaches record low, a disturbing indicator of climate shift. How low? This winter in the global south, there was a Greenland-sized patch of ice missing from Antarctica sea ice. That's unthinkable. We are hurling into a abrupt climate collapse scenario. From the Guardian, Malawi swelters in record heat with temperatures nearly 20 degrees C above average. That's about 40 degrees above average. So if you live in Southern California and it should be 80 degrees right now, it'd be 120. You think somebody might be alarmed about that? But we don't hear about faraway places like Malawi because too many people think that their part of the boat isn't sinking. And that's a very, very naive notion. The country with the largest military by far, a.k.a. the U.S., is systematically, in a very weather whiplash fashion, cooling down the most populated portions of the U.S. as much as they can, but they're losing ground. The, the swings back and forth are becoming ever more extreme, and that will worsen as time goes on. From MSN, U.S. weather warning, America faces, quote, plume after plume of Mexican heat. Let's blame it on the Mexicans before we blame it on the beavers and the mooses, right? For people that haven't heard past headlines in this broadcast from the so-called science community that are that absurd, blaming global warming on moose and beavers. Now it's the Mexicans. As a 100-degree forecast, western states are about to head back into the furnace with a freak turnabout to trigger a mid-autumn heat wave. There are two distinct weather masses on either side of the country. Temperatures across eastern states may drop low enough to prompt chilly residents to stoke up their autumn fires. Search geoengineering is creating freeze-fry extremes and look at the pattern that the climate engineers use to create these scenarios. Will the weather makers spark up a few fires in the West to suit their ongoing agendas? Time will tell. For a shocking summary of the firestorm agendas and objectives, search and view this very important short report titled Wildfires Serve Geoengineering Agenda. Learn what most really don't want to know. Next this, Mexico gets another hurricane impact with Norma. Last week they got hit with Hurricane Lydia. The U.S. military has been experimenting with hurricane manipulation for 76 years since Project Cirrus in 1947. Are they now deciding which cyclones make landfall and which don't? Dig deep into that equation, you won't like what you learn. 
from AccuWeather.com, Boston winter forecast. Get ready for big snowstorms. That's not a forecast. That's the scheduled weather. And that doesn't mean they can carry it out, but that's certainly what's planned. And they create headlines from such events that are sensationalized by Matrix Media and used to continue the confusion and division in the population as to the true state of planetary meltdown until the last possible moment. Does anybody remember the 2014 Boston snows that were so sensationalized? And at the same time, 14,000 feet up in the Sierras, there was nothing, no snow, because they can't cover everywhere all the time. And they are now simply chasing a ball downhill and they're using so much chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding. And the toxicity of this is immense. It's killing soil microbiome, aquatic ecosystems, but they don't care. And why would they? Because the public doesn't seem to care. And there's no regulation to in any way monitor what they're doing in our skies. About chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding, this new report from sciencealert.com. Listen to this. Strange form of ice found that only melts at extremely hot temperatures. How many have noticed that the frozen material that remains after so many engineered winter weather events can often sit around in the sun for days without melting much, if at all, and when it does, often very little meltwater is generated. That's called sublimation, and that's what we would expect from a chemically nucleated frozen material. About our now completely contaminated rain and air, so much of it from toxic climate engineering fallout. New from sciencealert.com, massive review finds ADHD is more prevalent in adults than we realized. That's certainly by design. They just can't hide it anymore, so they're having to admit to it. And let's add this. About that climate engineering fallout, which provides an airborne platform for fungal proliferation, as I've stated on countless broadcasts over many years, consider this next report, also from sciencealert.com. Fungal infections in the brain may cause Alzheimer's-like symptoms. Put all these puzzle pieces together. If you're willing to consider the picture that they form and the ramifications for all of us. Back to the engineer drought deluge scenarios. Let's start with drought. And for the record, climate engineering operations are even more effective at diminishing and dispersing rain than augmenting it. From MSN.com, parched Mexico City starts restricting water after rainy season that wasn't. Reports says 75% of Mexico is currently in drought. Climate engineers control the spigot. Where it rains, how much, and how toxic. And this, record heat in the West from AccuWeather, Quote, strong high pressure will build into the West, leading to significant warming. That's an understatement. Triple-digit heat to put October records in jeopardy in Phoenix. The report states, searing heat is building across the Southwest, and as the mercury climbs, the Valley of the Sun will continue to challenge records along with other locations. On Monday, Phoenix recorded a high of 105, which is not only the daily high record, but is also the latest occurrence of 104 or higher on record. And... None of this takes into account the searing UV radiation that's now bombarding the planet due to our disintegrating ozone layer, which climate engineering operations continue to degrade day after day after day. They're absolutely relentless, targeting crops and societies alike. Though countless forms of human activity have decimated the planet, the intentional intervention with Earth's life support systems is pushing us all from the proverbial frying pan into the fire. 
A final footnote on our collapsing ozone layer, we're now increasingly vulnerable to this, new from MSN.com. Magnetic storm to hit Earth, red level storm, that's from MSN.com. Now we're very vulnerable to a powerful CME or solar storm, and if that shuts down grids around the globe, we have now nuclear power plants that can't cool themselves, Fukushima times who knows how many, game over. And then the report in question from AccuWeather.com says this, a major dip in the jet stream is expected across the western U.S., bringing temperatures down as much as 25 degrees compared to highs this week, ushering more fall-like weather to the region. There are even some early indications that the first significant snow may occur next week across mountainous areas of the region, including the Sierra Nevada. A heavy snowfall, they say, is possible with plummeting temperatures and gusty winds for portions of the northern Rockies as the coldest air of the season so far makes a move late next week. This is the weather and temperature whiplash scenarios. This is the fruit of climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare. Temperature whiplash scenarios generated by atmospheric moisture flow manipulation and chemical ice nucleation cloud seeding operations. Next from grist.org. Record-breaking wildfires blanket Brazil with smoke. A record-breaking number of wildfires, this is just an ongoing nightmare scenario, are blanketing the Amazon with smoke, choking some Brazilian cities and further isolating many indigenous villages. And is it just smoke they're choking on? Because, again, we have film footage of blanket aerosol spraying directly on top of smoke canopies. We captured this directly over the Paradise Fire in Northern California. What are they doing? That has nothing to do with climate engineering. Why are they spraying particulate matter directly on top of the smoke banks? And we know some of this particulate matter in the case of aluminum nanoparticles are extremely powerful incendiaries. What is going on? What might be in this mix that we can't even begin to know? From toothout.org, over 2,700 wildfires reported in the Amazon in the first 11 days of October. Indigenous tribes in the region call on the Brazilian government to declare a climate emergency. That's probably like going directly into the lion's den because their government is certainly either actively or passively involved in the very factors that are creating this cataclysm in the Amazon. From ABC News, Amazon rainforest port records lowest water level in 120 years amid drought and they always, always pretend it's happened before so people think it can't be that bad because it happened before. That's not true. They've simply only been keeping records that long. And so they state it in a manner that's very deceiving. In the meantime, people are paddling to the streets of Ireland due to record flooding there. Is Ireland the new Amazon? Next, this from MSN.com. New report, water crisis threatens $58 trillion in food security and sustainability. The report says the world's water and freshwater ecosystems with an annual estimated economic value of $58 trillion. Again, that's an annual value are in a downward spiral, according to a new World Wildlife Fund report. But don't worry. Not surprisingly, the report presents that even more technology will save us all from what too much technology has done in the first place, a.k.a. industrialized, militarized destruction of the planet. Articles like this always end with some sort of Pollyanna, completely impossible, pretend solution so they can pacify populations into total apathy until the moment of impact. From the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United States, first ever global estimation of the impact of disasters on agriculture. New 
FAO report shows that about 3.8 trillion worth of crops and livestock production has been lost over the last 30 years. That is a gross understatement. And when you're losing the very foundation on which future crops can be produced, you can't calculate the value of what's been lost. And there are sources of damage that are not being acknowledged, starting with the climate engineering assault in our skies, the single most destructive human activity to date, the greatest and most immediate threat we collectively face, short of nuclear cataclysm. And even then, climate engineering is making our situation far more precarious. Again, destroying the atmosphere, which leaves us susceptible to a CME, which leaves us susceptible to power plant meltdown, cataclysm, and global conflict, nuclear war. The circle goes round and round. New from the UK Guardian. Will Earth breach its 1.5C guardrail sooner than we thought? Question mark. Here's the short answer. Yes. About two decades in the rearview mirror. That's when the 1.5 degree C marker was passed. Based on unfiltered temperature data, we're now likely past 3.5 C from baseline, aka pre-industrial. That's almost seven degrees Fahrenheit above where we should be. And then there's that pesky collapsing ozone layer to consider on top of it all, which is by itself a near-term existential threat. And above it all, the weather warfare operations are raging on, further fueling the entire process. But again, not to worry. The so-called scientists are doing their best to baffle populations into continued complacency by spewing out more fantasy tech solutions that aren't. Here's the headline. Scientists lay out a sweeping roadmap for transitioning the U.S. off of carbon fuels. They say a 600-plus page report from the National Academies of Science includes 800 recommendations for how the U.S. can achieve its target of net zero emissions by 2050. We won't even be here long before then. Again, lucky to make 2030 on the current course. But bottom line, again, space mares covering Earth's ice with tarps, putting Brazil-sized balloons in space to block the sun, spraying reflective granules over remaining ice, the list goes on and on. Total fictional Pollyanna so-called tech fixes that can only work if you put all your faith in Santa Claus, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy. At this point, we're all barely treading water on a rapidly rising sea of total delusion. For those that don't yet see it, know it, or realize it, it's time to circle the wagons. The proverbial long emergency of total collapse is unfolding and it will accelerate rapidly. Wait and see. On that upbeat note, you're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast installment number 428, October 21st, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is broadcast on 27 stations throughout the country. All recent recordings of this broadcast can be found on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org under the recent column. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. On that subject, if you're on an email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam files. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to The Dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of The Dimming or Global Alert News or any other Geoengineering Watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which 
helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. And this message to all those that are steadfastly committed to this must-win fight for all that matters, I want to express my deepest and most profound gratitude to all of you. It's our collective efforts that can still make a difference. Stay tuned for input and specific directions on how to make your voice heard. In other parts of the world, from Watchers.org, death toll reaches 100 in flash floods and GLOF events in Sikkim and West Bengal, India. I'll explain that acronym in a moment. As of October 15, 2023, devastating flash floods and glacial lake outburst floods, that's the GLOF, have resulted in 100 fatalities in the state of Sikkim and West Bengal in northeastern India. Glaciers are melting at blinding speed, and that's a water source for so many in, in various parts of the world, and these types of floods are unprecedented, and they're increasing rapidly. Next is another source that's also sounding the alarm from transformatis.com. Here are six climate megatrends that are set to wreak havoc in the not-too-distant future, a.k.a. now. They start with this. We're sleepwalking into a world of pain. And the pain is already now for several dozen countries around the world and untold many, many hundreds of millions of people. One, water scarcity. Two, climate refugees. Three, food shortages. Four, dramatic reductions in living standards. Five, increased risk of war. Six, increased radicalization. Is that not now on all fronts? Not could, may, might. Not coming someday. Kicking in the front door now. On that note, next from the New York Times, how a fertilizer shortage is spreading desperate hunger. From the report across Africa and Asia, disruptions to the supply chain for fertilizers raising food prices and increasing malnutrition. From geographical.co.uk, climate-driven food shortages could cause civil unrest in the UK. Stop there. No, it's not just in the UK. Again, over three dozen countries are already there. The rest will soon follow, including the U.S. The report continues, food shortages caused by an increase in extreme weather events could potentially lead to civil unrest in the U.K. within 50 years. This is exactly the kind of total deception from the so-called experts and the matrix media that disseminates their absolute disinformation. Not 50 years It's happening now, and again, this will accelerate with blinding speed. There's already empty store shelves within the U.S., within the U.K. Every major first world country is experiencing this already. This is the double reality that I covered on last week's broadcast of the so-called climate science community. The reality that they're trained to pretend is real and what is actually real. This is a statement, again, all of this I just covered, from researchers at the University of York and Anglia, Ruskin University. They say a shortage of popular staple carbohydrates such as wheat, bread, pasta, and cereal is most likely to trigger future unrest already happening now. For the record, climate engineering and crop collapse are inseparable. We already had a 50% decline in corn in Missouri. We have a 50% decline in soybeans in South America. Other crops are crashing everywhere around the world, from rice in Asia. I could go on and on. It's not off in the future somewhere, so don't let headlines like that coax you into being complacent. From WRALtechwire.com, this, just how bad is climate change? It's worse than you think, the report states. 
And now let's add climate engineering, of course. This article is for those people who think things aren't that bad. This is right from the report, by the way. They say things like, quote, everything is going to be okay, or civilization isn't going to collapse, or we're on the road to solving climate change. The report then says, to those on this, quote, positive or hopium end of the spectrum, here's something to consider. Things are way, way worse than you think. The reason people can believe that everything is going to be okay is because they have not taken the time to comprehend all the different things that are going wrong simultaneously, nor how serious these things are that are going wrong. That's all their words, not mine. But it is exactly the type of alarm I've been trying to sound for longer than geoengineeringwatch.org has existed. It goes back to 1998 for me, but almost 15 years with geoengineeringwatch.org. And now, thankfully, others are beating the same drum. From the UK Guardian, 21 species removed from U.S. Endangered Species Act. Is that good news? Not so much, because they just went extinct. That's why they were removed. And again, we're losing 200 to 300 species of plant, animal, and insect per day to extinction. Again, this reminder, that's 15,000 times the background rate. That's a million and a half percent of normal. From the JerusalemPost.com, magnitude 5.5 earthquake strikes southern Iran. And from National Geographic, a rare and puzzling domino effect triggered four powerful quakes in Afghanistan. We don't hear any of this on U.S. mainstream media. And yes, the earthquakes just keep coming in Afghanistan, and the so-called science community just can't figure it out. Between increasing thermal expansion and ever more advanced tectonic frequency weapons, and yet more are likely in store for many regions. And recall what I covered at the beginning of this broadcast from 1997 that even then acknowledged by top members of our own government that such weapons existed. Tectonic frequency weapons. And now we have earthquakes occurring regularly in any and every country that seems to oppose the hegemonic power of those who control the matrix. How are the frogs doing? The proverbial canaries in the coal mine. Not so well. From PBS.org, scientists looked at nearly every known amphibian type. They're not doing great, the report says. They continue, a study published in the journal Nature found that the status of amphibians globally is, quote, deteriorating rapidly, earning them the unenviable title of being the planet's most threatened class of vertebrates. And now let's tell the whole truth. Again, nothing in the web of life is doing okay. I so treasured the tree frogs whose nightly singing only 15 years ago would echo in the canyons around my off-grid wilderness home. And now the silence is deafening. It is deeply painful for me to only now occasionally hear the few that remain. More on the ubiquitous contamination of our planet from MIT Technology Review. Think that your plastic is being recycled? Question mark. Think again. Report says plastic is cheap to make and shockingly profitable. It's everywhere and we're all paying the price. Been over that in previous broadcasts that we're all sucking up polymer nanoparticles with every breath we take. The report continues, currently about 430 million tons of plastic is produced every single year. According to the United States Environmental Program, the UNEP, significantly more than the weight of all human beings. Combined, 
Again, that's per year, annual production, 430 million tons. One third of this total takes the form of single-use plastics, which humans interact with for seconds or minutes before discarding. Scientists have found significant quantities of microplastics in the further reaches of the ocean, in snow and rainfall, and seemingly pristine places. The report continues, in the air we breathe, and in human blood, colons, lungs, veins, breast milk, placentias, and fetuses. They continue, 95% of the tap water in the United States is contaminated with microplastics, which are also widely found in beer, salt, shellfish, and other human foods. Significant quantities of these plastic bits have turned up in common fruits and vegetables, as one recent study in Italy has discovered. So here's my question. Since we know climate engineering patents include polymers, polymer nanoparticles, how much of what the public think is being recycled or in the case of what we breathe and are exposed to is just decomposing plastic from trash, is actually from diverted plastic to climate engineering operations, some with aluminum as well. Both elements are increasingly saturating our rain and breathable air column. How long can we hold our breath? I often make reference to the drought deluge scenarios that climate intervention operations are so effective at augmenting and with that in mind, from AccuWeather, California's battle with drought versus floods will be complex heading into 2024. The report then states, last winter, seemingly erased short-term drought woes in California in one fell swoop, which is actually false. California forests are bone dry with trees deteriorating and dying faster than ever. The AccuWeather report continues, El Nino could prove to be too much of a good thing heading into this winter. Still, AccuWeather forecasters say there's ground to make up in order to quell long-term concerns. Really, more toxic rain will magically make everything better on our dying planet? Don't bet on that. And speaking of which, from Yahoo News, this new headline... With salmon at risk of extinction, California begins urgent rescue effort. Report says typically now is the time when creeks along the Sacramento River are filled with young Chinook salmon preparing to make their journey downstream to the Pacific Ocean where they will mature and eventually make their return to California's spawning sites. This year, however, the salmon population has plummeted alarmingly, what officials call a cohort collapse, and biologists are taking urgent measures to save them from extinction. For the first time, biologists with the California Department of Fish and Wildlife and the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration have begun capturing the juvenile spring-run salmon so that they can breed them in captivity and hopefully prevent them from disappearing from the wild. For the record, if the salmon can't make it in the wild, they won't last long being bred in captivity. Next, another dose of delusion from the so-called science community from newsatlas.com. Human-made cooling stations could save spawning salmon. A new study shows that by installing, quote, cooling stations in those rivers, we could help the threatened fish make the trip. Stopping to rest, the report says, at these locations does help the salmon, but they still have to eventually continue their journey upstream. Did they need to tell us that, as if that fact wasn't self-evident? And how do they cool a tiny pocket of water here and there with yet more carbon fuel energy? What a great idea. This so-called solution is like trying to stop a tidal wave with a paper cup. And this, perhaps, this next report, is this good news for a change or 
Again, exactly the opposite from alaskanativenews.com. Confirms salmon are spawning in the Arctic. Report says throughout most parts of the salmon's range, things have gotten too warm and they're starting to blink off. That's a statement from an associate professor at UAF's College of Fisheries and Ocean Sciences. They continue, in the Arctic, the water is getting warm enough and they're starting to blink on. Salmon migrating north, surviving at least for the moment. Moving on, and while we're pondering all the bad news, perhaps we can all have a cup of coffee and a chocolate bar, or maybe not. From phys.org, coffee and cocoa plants at risk from pollinator loss. That's accelerating around the globe, and it's not just pollinators. Insect decline globally down 80 to 90% terrestrial and aquatic. How long do we think we can survive if the insects can't make it? You can put a light on here in Northern California, middle of summer, leave it on all night. No insects show up. Why aren't people alarmed when they drive down I-5 in California, for example, through all the agricultural regions where your windshield used to be so covered with insects you had to go from station to station to clean it off, and now there's nothing, and nobody notices. Nobody cares. But they will, soon, when the store shelves empty out. Moving on to more mind-numbing stupidity from so-called academia. This nugget from Zach Holder. That's chief meteorologist for WITN. Here it is. In the following statement from Zach, he's trying to explain away a massive radar anomaly, the obvious result of a frequency transmission, which shouldn't have been too hard for Zach to figure out since there's a transmitter facility in the exact center of the perfectly circular transmission ring that showed up on the radar loop. But Zach came up with another story, perhaps because his job is to cover the tracks of the climate engineers and the frequency transmissions they use. So here it is from Zach Holder. Cold air coming in means birds are on the move. Almost a billion birds migrating tonight. Impressive radar representation, too. Again, that statement of total absurdity from so-called chief meteorologist for WIT and Zach Holder, that a billion birds formed a perfectly circular ring involving hundreds of square miles directly around a frequency transmitter. Question, how many have seen even a hundred birds in one place in recent years, let alone a billion? And even more disturbing than Holder's beyond ridiculous explanation is that the majority of the public actually believes the billion birds taking off in every direction, forming a perfectly circular image on a radar that covered thousands of square miles. This is just another footnote from the Planetary Asylum. If you see any article, report, or commentary about climate anything from any perspective that isn't first and foremost addressing the climate engineering elephant in the equation, which is not only atmospheric aerosol spraying, but the frequency transmissions, you know that the source of the climate commentary is disinformation. If the authors of climate anything don't fully acknowledge climate intervention operations, they are either clueless or lying. Take your pick. Again, For the record, there can be no legitimate discussion of climate anything from any perspective without first and foremost addressing climate engineering operations. 
Moving on from phys.org, scientists count huge melts in many protected Antarctic ice shelves, trillions of tons of ice lost. From that report, four dozen Antarctic ice shelves have shrunk by at least 30% since 1997, and 28 of those have lost more than half of their ice in that time. Reports a new study that surveyed these crucial gatekeepers between the frozen continents, massive glaciers, and open ocean. I hear from many when I cover reports like this that try to make the argument that, correctly so, that sea ice doesn't displace sea levels. I never said they did. But when these buttresses for the land-based ice, when this sea ice disappears, then the land-based ice begins to slide off the land mass. And then many factors begin to take hold. The land-based ice, of course, does raise ocean levels, and as that massive weight is lifted off the landmass, you have what's called glacial rebound. The landmass actually begins to rise up out of the ocean, which displaces even more ocean water, which raises sea levels further still. Many factors, the details matter, but once you learn those details, it's quite straightforward. From Climate Action Australia, Deep ocean currents around Antarctica headed for collapse. Study finds mentioned that at the beginning of this broadcast. Again, this is really, really bad news. And the report says such a decline would stagnate the bottom of the oceans and affect climate and marine ecosystems for centuries to come. That part's not true. If it collapses, and on the runaway scenario we are on right now, we might be talking about equilibrium periods in the millions or tens of millions of years, not centuries. From WMFE.org, new study projects sea level rise to drain Florida's financial future. From that report, 1 million Florida properties are projected to become chronically flooded. These are properties that today fund nearly 30% of local revenues for more than half of the state's municipalities. That's according to a new study conducted by researchers at Cornell and Florida State Universities. Let's stop there with biosphere collapse, but you get the idea. Unfolding and accelerating earth changes aren't just impacting our current reality, they will very soon overturn it altogether. Climate engineering in the misguided attempt to mask meltdown while simultaneously using weather as a weapon is further fueling the complete collapse of earth's remaining life support systems. Bottom line, short of a complete course correction, Mad Max is coming to a neighborhood near you. With that in mind, Ponder this headline from BeneathThePavement.com. We are turning into warmongering, hateful, genocidal fascists, and it's getting worse. In the face of a depressing present and an even worse dystopian future, we are reverting to primitive tribalism and hate. A world at war forever. On Thursday of this week, Biden stated the following, that the U.S. was, quote, working to build a more stable Middle East. That's a claim that is so far from the truth it isn't even worth responding to. He then said, I deliver the promise of America. America is a beacon to the world, end quote. I would ask Mr. Biden, a beacon of what exactly? A beacon of militarism, of illegal resource exploitation and extraction, illegal occupation, completely unsustainable consumption? What beacon are you referring to, Joe? And then Joe said, quote, 
so many believe in a better life because of America. Really, Mr. Biden? Exactly where are those people? I've been to numerous countries around the world, northern and southern hemispheres. I haven't found the people you're describing. So explain this headline, Mr. Biden, from a number of sources. International poll finds America to be the greatest threat to peace in the world. Not my conclusion. That's from an international poll. Please investigate it for yourself. Americans live in a bubble. They don't know what people in other nations think of us. They only have the opinion that's been fed to them by the Matrix Media Ministry of Propaganda. That must change. From the Bolton.org, that's the Bolton of Atomic Scientists, this Putin's bluff, a cautionary note about underestimating the possibility of nuclear escalation in Ukraine, and now we have the Middle East to add to this equation. So let's ponder for a moment what is known as Giddens' Paradox. Giddens' Paradox suggests that since no previous generation has ever had to confront the problem of human-induced climate change before, a.k.a. abrupt climate collapse, further fueled by climate intervention, weather warfare operations, it is thus hard for the public to accept it as a reality, let alone an urgent problem, when stacked up against the diversity of other problems in the world that they currently face. Giddens' paradox the definition, no matter how great the dangers posed by unfolding and accelerating earth changes, their lack of immediate visibility in the everyday world, at least in first world nations, that people won't act to deal with them. By the time the dangers are immediately visible, it will be too late for any action on the part of the people to be effective. If Giddens' paradox is correct, there's nothing that can be done to avert what's coming. This is a very troubling question for the human species. Can human beings summon the courage and moral fortitude to look beyond the immediate and the tangible and engage in a strategic long-term process of thinking so as to act for the greater good, the common good? Short of this, we remain entangled with Giddens' paradox, and far sooner than later, we will go to oblivion. Climate and ecological collapse has set the challenge. It is for human beings to respond accordingly, or else we are merely writing a requiem for the species and likely the entire web of life. Yes, the horizon indeed grows darker by the day. Challenges, as of yet unimaginable to most, are nearly upon us. Even if there was no looming world war, and even if the fabled rogue meteor never hit us, industrialized militarized civilization alone has done the job. We can accept what is coming well or poorly, but accept that we must. And this being said, even now, we all have a choice to dwell in the non-reality of what we wish was so, or to summon the courage to face what actually is so. And if we all faced reality head on, while looking through a clear lens, we could yet make a quantum leap in the right direction, but we must do so now. Tomorrow will be too late. No matter what our individual circumstances or abilities, we can all help to move this fight forward. Sharing credible data from a credible source is key. Geoengineering Watch strives to be that source. It is our mission. It is my mission. I live for the day when the climate engineering insanity is fully exposed and halted, and after that, the rest of the insanity with it. 
Start spot fires of awareness. Stoke them till the flames can no longer be extinguished. We must move this fight forward as if our lives depended on it, for indeed they do. Spawning global conflict is the final fallback of the matrix manipulators of the global predator parasite class. They are now playing out their endgame in our skies and on the ground. But no matter how dark the horizon, our futures are not yet carved in stone. There are countless variables that cannot yet be known. But this is certain. We will never know what may yet be possible unless or until we apply ourselves fully to the task at hand, exposing the insanity and salvaging what is yet left of the planet's life support systems, without which all other points, all other concerns, all other causes become moot. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org for specific instructions on how you can move this fight forward. Please make your voice heard, make every day count. True, unshakable solace can only be found in facing the gathering storm head on. Until next week, this is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.